When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now, Sal Capaccio, who is the sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, also hosts on WGR up in Buffalo, fantastic, legendary station up there, and is the host of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, our sister podcast for the Bills. Sal, welcome to Take Command. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate uh, talking with people down in Washington. These two teams don't play a ton, but a little more frequent over the last few years. Yeah, they've actually I was on with uh, with some of your colleagues at WGR yesterday and they said this is Buffalo, Washington uh, is actually Buffalo's most common NFC opponent over the history of the franchises, which is kind of a wacky bit. Yeah, they played the Super Bowl 16 times total, oh, wow. but really, but really over the last several years, it's been every other year. I mean, that's kind of wild. And I listened to that. You were on with Open the Bulldog in our afternoon show. Yeah. You did a great job and it was really a Thank good you. conversation. And um, what I find really fascinating is Washington is really kind of in the situation the Bills were in for a long time where the last, this will be the 10th straight game these two teams play where the commanders have a different starting quarterback. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's when you got seven in a row for, uh, you know, yes. seven, seven season openers, yes. that tends to be how that goes. Um, Logan, how many times did you play Buffalo in your career? I don't think I, I think I played him in the preseason a couple of times. I don't think I ever played him in the regular season. So just, they, they missed the Logan Paul scenario. That's a, they that's did, a loss yeah. up there. That's in all, Buffalo. Right, yeah. all right. Probably, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, this iteration of it. Um, when you take like your 30,000 foot view of this matchup, like I think a lot of people look at the bills as one of the league's best, the commanders, everyone thought they were going to stink. Turns out commanders come into this game with a better record. Like how do you, how do you see these two teams squaring off? Well, I mean, number one, it starts with the quarterback, right? The Bills have an elite quarterback in Josh Allen. He's one of the best in the league. He didn't have a great opener on Monday night, but, you know, that's very few and far between these days for Josh Allen. You know, he bounced back in a big way, was just named AFC Offensive Player of the Week yesterday for his performance week two against the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, believe it or not, Josh Allen leads the NFL in completion percentage, right? I mean, how many times have we heard, oh, this guy's inaccurate, he's got this big arm. That's just not true. Um, but really what it comes down to Josh is – basically taking what the defense gives him when not being impatient. And that's what he did. Anyway, you know, it really starts with him. Uh, the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. They have been one of the best teams in the league over the last several years. Um, they won three straight division titles. They're competing for Super Bowls every year. 
Uh, I, I like Washington's start. I like a lot of their talent, uh, especially on offense. And of course, the defensive front is absolutely incredible. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Ron Rivera fan. I think Ron Rivera is a very good coach. Sean McDermott comes from him. They they coach together uh, for quite a few years. I think this, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Bills, especially on the road. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's a reason the Bills are six and a half point favorites. They have the better yeah. quarterback and they have the better roster overall. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So, like, obviously the quarterback, Josh Allen's a, a monster. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of the most dynamic athletes at the position. But the thing that gets me is the offensive line that you guys have built there up in Buffalo. I don't know. It's not it's, – it's a fine group, but not a great group, not a bad group. And, obviously, Washington's defensive line is maybe one of the best in the league. Like, if the quarterback can't throw the football, if he's always under duress, and Josh seems to, when he's under duress, kind of make, uh, you know, some of those bad decisions you alluded to. Yeah, he can. He did um, a couple weeks ago against the yeah. Jets. You know, what's funny is in those games, the, 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 the couple of the decisions he made, he actually wasn't even, it was just kind of Josh making bad decisions. He, in one of them, he rolled left. He had no reason to roll. He had a clean pocket. He just decided to bail out of the pocket. I don't know what happened in that game. It's a tough matchup against the Jets for sure. Look, the offensive line, the Bills did a great job to address their interior over the, the, the offseason. That was an issue for them. A little bit too much pressure from the interior, but they went out. Their big, their big free agent signing was Connor McGovern, who's played really well at left He's guard. Played really well. Yep. And honestly, guys, Osiris Torrance has been amazing as a rookie. Uh, his first two games in the league, and it's going against Quinn and Williams week one, and then of course helping out on Max Crosby. They don't have the interior, of course, that the Jets or the Commanders have, but he's been fantastic as a uh, right guard just in his, in his rookie year through two games. The Bills had to face Max Crosby last week. Now one guy, not four like Washington. And what a great game plan they had for him uh, from offensive line coach Aaron Cromer and offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. And really, Spencer Brown did a great job. Now, if you're looking for a guy who's been a little inconsistent, it's Spencer Brown at right yeah. tackle uh, for the Buffalo Bills. You have to go against Chase Young, you know, and, and that's that's obviously a, a tough task for him. The Bills don't need the greatest offensive line because they have an incredibly mobile quarterback who's going to make plays out of structure all the time. What the Bills need is an offensive line to make sure that Josh Allen can stay clear in front of him so he doesn't have to do that all the time but also be able to block and, and open up some holes in the running game. And guys, I mean, James Cook is fifth in the league in rushing after two weeks. I think it's been kind of an overlooked stat and overlooked that the Bills have been running the ball very well. Do you think that will continue this weekend, or do they look at this front and go, like, that's not that's not going to go great. We're just going to let Josh cook. Like, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of high upside there, but you know, you put too much on his plate, you get the interceptions yeah. in like there's, there's a risk reward ratio there. How do you think they game plan it up knowing that this is the best front that they've played? Well, it's going to look at this offense funnels through Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, right? That's where it's going to start. Stefan Diggs, um, you know, he gets 10 targets a game. Basically they're going to try and do that. That's how they're going to, um, you know, basically move the ball down the field and score points. But uh, I, they'll try to run the ball on the road for sure. They'll try and run the ball with James Cook. They'll try and keep that defensive front a little bit, you know, on their heels, I guess, and say we can't just fly up field and go after Josh Allen because we have to respect the run. Sean McDermott at heart is like Ron Rivera. He's a defensive coach. Um, you know, he's a guy that wants to win in the trenches. There's no doubt. Um, obviously, they use Josh Allen to his best of his ability. They have they have dialed back of the design runs for Josh a little bit because they're playing the long game. I want to make sure that he stays healthy and only use that in critical situations. But I think they'll try to run the ball for sure. And then when they have those opportunities, you know, they'll throw the ball. I was actually I'm still in the middle of watching the game against Denver last week. And as you guys know, you watched it down 21-3. Denver made some big plays and they were able to. And I wonder if the Bills take a few shots, if they're able to get those opportunities down the field. But it all starts with blocking that group up front for sure. Yeah, and you talk about the running game. Obviously, you've got like kind of an interesting collection of running backs there. You've got, you know, James Cook, who's kind of your scat back guy, who 
again, they get to like kind of unique runs, like draws, toss cracks, stuff that isn't like, you know, not downhill, like your duos and your powers and your counters. And then you got Latavius Murray, who's been a nice addition for you guys. Can you talk about how they utilize both those guys and in different ways and, and uh, to maximize their skill sets? Yeah, you know, the Bills truly have a – it's not a running back by committee, a truly group of complementary running backs, what they have. It's funny. The reason why James Cook is a lot of times considered like a scat back, which what you said, and I don't disagree, people see him that way, is because he's so small. He's the smallest yeah. lead back in the NFL. He's 190 pounds. Oh, I mean, wow. you're not going to take a big pounding with him. You don't want him running through the tackles a lot. You want to give him those draws. You're going to give him guys runs on the edge. He's very good at the mid zone. They love running mid zone with him. Very good there. And what I'm super impressed by is he never changes direction when he gets from lateral to upfield. Now, as he turns that corner, he is just he's shot out of a cannon, basically. And he has big runs by doing that. He's averaging 5.7 yards of carry, 5.8, I think, already uh, through the first two weeks. And then you have Latavius Murray and um, Damian Harris. Now, part of the reason is, you know, pass blocking. Latavius Murray has been in this league a long time. They trust him to pass block. Um, James Cook's been better at that actually this year, and they can use Harris like that. But Harris is more of your short yardage, uh, red zone back. Latavius Murray's kind of a mix between the two. He's seen everything in this league. They truly like to use the compliment. I think last week was the perfect way the Bills want to do it. 17 carries for James Cook, not an abundance. Seven for, I think it was Murray, and six for Harris or vice versa. But I think that's how they want to play it with this group. All right. On the other side of the ball, we were just talking uh, at the end of our defensive breakdown about the safety combo. And these guys have been maybe the best in the league for a long time, but it seems like they are not quite at the peak of their powers anymore. If the peak of their powers is a 10, like what's the regression? Are we talking about a seven now? We're just talking about a nine. I think Bill's fans will tell you might be at about a seven looking at the first couple of games and, you know, a couple of misplays here or there. But I don't think it's quite to that. I think it's probably about an eight, you know, somewhere in there. And and the reason I say that too is these guys are still, even if, and at 33 and 32 years old, you're going to lose a yeah. step, right? I mean, I think that's going to happen just Can't naturally. Confirm. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm 50. I know what you mean. Listen, that's going to happen. And, but I think because they're so smart, they're so savvy, they play off each other so well. And the system is designed for them to be able to still play within structure so well and, you know, do the things they do. Even if you have that, you can mitigate it a little bit. And I think that's what's happened here. The other thing is, you know, the Bills didn't have Tredavious White for most of last year. He came back finally on Thanksgiving after recovering from the ACL. He's back. Christian Benford, who won a starting job last year while he was out as a six-round rookie, he was in and out of the lineup. I think those two guys have played really tremendous football. And I think because of that, that's really helped those safeties as well for whatever, you know, you want to say about them getting older. I think uh, White and Benford have played really well. Uh, But the safeties are... Tremendous football players. We know that. They also signed Taylor Rapp in the offseason. They've been using him for some heavy personnel, for his like big nickel, basically, that Sean McDermott has brought here. So they'll use him once in a while, too, to kind of take a little off their plate if the teams are going to go a little bit bigger and they can play around with a little bit uh, here and there in Sean McDermott's scheme. Of course, McDermott now calling the plays and not Leslie Frazier. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so another thing of that defense, you know, obviously the secondary is what they it carried the team for a long time, but you guys, or the Bills, have done a lot of investment in the defensive line, a lot of first-round, yeah. second-round picks there. 
what's that group been playing like? And uh, I kind of, because I always feel like every year, at least the national narrative is that they're underperforming expectation. How have they been through the first two games of the season? Yeah, I think when you put that many resources in, Logan, like to the, all of these first round picks, that's many resources, high picks, things like that. You expect a little bit more return of investment as far as numbers, as far as sacks, sure. right? Which is what the Bills have done is they've always had a really good group. They've had a good group. These guys can yeah. play, but they haven't had that one guy that you have to game plan for, right? And yeah. like a Max Crosby last week, maybe like a Chase Young now. That's why they went and got Von Miller. That's why they yeah. got him. They needed that one guy. And then Von Miller gets hurt. So now they're trying to bridge the gap. But look, they want to sign Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd has the fourth most sacks in the league over the last three years. So he's, he's a great, he, but he's dealing with an ankle injury. So we'll see where that yeah. goes. He missed practice yesterday. I don't know if he's going to practice today. He says he's going to play. You know, I think it's a little bit of a re-aggravation. So we'll see. Greg Rousseau, I think, has made a really big jump. He had eight sacks last year. He's a freak. I mean, super long. They'll move him inside sometimes to get a little bit of interior rush. And I think Ed Oliver has played the best football of his career maybe over the first two games as an interior uh, defensive lineman. This is a penetrating one-gap defense. That's what it is. They're going to just go one gap, get up the field, and try to make your life miserable. And, you know, if you can force them, you can uh, force them to play a little bit differently and not be able to do that, I mean, that's where you can have success. But once they're starting to do that and pin their ears back, they can be really good. And I think even guys like A.J. Epinesa, who make a play here or there, yeah. can really help another, another high draft pick. But this is all about getting to the bridge to get Von Miller back. <laughs> and um, I think they've done a good job of that so far for sure. You know, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers, you know, goes out because of a sack from Leonard Floyd. And you guys saw that what happened. But you no, know, they, they really like this group. But it's it's more about the collection of guys they have than that true one guy that you have to be aware of every single play. Sure. Yeah. What has been the difference through your eyes of uh, McDermott versus Frazier as the defensive play caller? So they'll use a little big nickel a little bit more this year. Now, they've done that in the past. McDermott did that in Carolina with Ron Rivera. Um, but the difference is, instead of always using a safety like they did Taylor Rapp, so what happens is they play the Jets week one. When the Jets went heavy, it was really like three tight ends, an extra tight end. So Taylor Rapp will come in as an extra safety. Against the Raiders, they do it with a fullback. They put Jakob Johnston on the field. So now they took off Taron Johnson, who's a tremendous nickel cornerback and very physical. He's just not that big. And they put an extra linebacker on the field with Tyrell Dodson. So I think they're playing the miss, the, the matchup game a little bit more here with Sean McDermott. Um, they are blitzing a little bit. They're not. They're never a blitz happy team. You know, right. the, the the ideal situation is get home with four. But look, guys, after they lost Von Miller last year, they couldn't do that. Like you just pointed out, they blitzed more and they were successful blitzing. The problem is they had to blitz. They had to put guys, you know, rushing the passer, which takes out guys out of coverage. That's that's not what Sean McDermott wants to do. But they'll find ways to blitz. They'll blitz from all different levels. Um, they have, I think, to me, the best nickel corner in the league, and Taron Johnson. He can do a lot of different things. He can cover. He can blitz. Um, he's a tremendous tackler. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but they'll use him in a lot of different ways like that. They'll disguise coverages. Even though it's McDermott, the new play caller, it's seven years straight now of this system. These guys know the system. Everybody who's been in here. So that's the one thing. I, I would suspect this week a quarterback like Sam Howell who hasn't seen everything in this league yet, I think the Bills are going to try and disguise a lot of things to try and say, look, you haven't seen this. We're going to tr trick him and fool him into thinking what he's seen isn't truly what we're going to give him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Matt Milano. Like, what's your take on him through the first two games? Like, watching the film is so much fun, but, yeah, what's he's your take amazing. on covering him? Yeah. He's amazing. Listen, and, uh, well, on covering him, I'll say he is a man of very few words. Uh, he oh, is he? Speak a lot. Yes. We don't really talk to him in the media because you're not going to get much from him. But when you talk to him, he's a nice guy. He's also, I don't know if you know, guys know this, like, in his life, he's a minimalist. And I had to learn what a minimalist is. I didn't even know. Basically, this guy, 
he he shows up to the team playing with like one bag. You're like, where's his clothes? You know I mean, yeah. like, in his house, I guess he has like a chair and a bed. I mean, that's what he has, a, a fridge maybe. That's about it. The guy is a minimalist. He lit, you know what he's about? He's about football and fishing in the offseason. That's what, he, <laughs> what he's about. He's a tremendous player. His instincts are incredible. You think about his path. He was a safety basically at BC. Safety oh. linebacker, tweener. Comes in the league as a fifth-round draft pick. Wins a starting job out of training – out of like halfway through his rookie year, wins a starting job. Has never looked back. He's played at a Pro Bowl, even All-Pro level, really, for six years. Finally, last year, gets recognition from his peers. First-team All-Pro. And I think he's playing better than that through the first two games. The, the play he made for the interception on Josh Jacobs last week, unbelievable. And after the game, people said he mossed him. But Dawson Knox said, no, he milano him. That's what he said. <laughs> him, right? Um, the other thing, guys, real quick, you know, um, you talk about the, the defense and Milano and those guys. You know, I think it's going to start this week with stopping the run game and saying, okay, yeah, we – a lot of respect for the receivers. I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan. Those guys, they're very good. But stop the run game. Force Sam Howell and those receivers to beat you. Last week, the Bills held Josh Jacobs to nine carries, negative two yards. Yeah. It was unbelievable what they did on that. That's crazy. All right, so Sal, who you got this weekend? Uh, I know you call the games, but we can. We're, we're, we got you as a podcast host here, so we're going to make you make you make at least a, a general prediction. I, look, the general predictions. I think it's going to be a one score game. I think it's a close game. Um, you know, I, I think the Bills are the better team. I think they're the better quarterback in the end. Either that's going to be the difference or maybe a special teams play. I know there's some issues going on with the long snapper there, you know, and I know uh, just people last don't, week, right? don't get me going, Sal. I Do you. not get me going. Well, those can be the little differences, as you guys know, in a game here or there, right? And the Bills had one against them. The punt return that won the game for the Jets on Monday Night Football. Um, that could be the difference. But at the end of the day, I think it's a one-score game. Uh, I think the Bills – Probably win. I think I actually think the game is also a little more important to the Bills. Now, that's not to di diminish what it is in Washington 2 and 0, though. Bills are 1 and 1. And now the Miami Dolphins are 2 and 0 and coming to town next week. You know, I mean, this is a, a, a team. This team has to win this game to make sure they stay right there to be able to play the Dolphins. And I mean, it's going to be a great atmosphere. 175 alumni are going to be in the, at this game for Washington. Yeah. Um, as I as I just tweeted this morning, the Bills are looking for any motivation or bulletin board material. They're the homecoming team for the Washington Commanders, so it's to be interesting. And I know it's just kind of playing off that. It's going to be a lot of Bills Mafia there too, guys. By the way, uh, Bills Mafia is going to travel real well. It just so happens the Sabers, the hockey team, is opening their preseason on Sunday in Washington as well. Oh wow! It's kind of interesting. So there's going to be a lot of Buffalo fans uh, on and around the area. Yeah, but it's Buffalo Washington Day here in uh, here in DC. Buffalo wings for everybody. All <laughs> right, uh, Sal Capaccio, uh, he is on the call on the sidelines for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, 10 a.m. to noon on WGR, which you can listen to on the free Odyssey app. And of course, it's always game day in Buffalo. Fantastic Bills podcast, our sister podcast, up there in the Odyssey Sports Network. Sal, this was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Can I ask you two quick Please. questions real quick? Two quick questions. Sure. Number one, Deron Payne, any any issue with the uh, the ankle? He missed practice yesterday. Yes, oh. issue unclear of how that will resolve. Feels very similar to Floyd. Ooh, okay. So it's something to monitor. We are getting tons of different reports on weather. I'm the sideline guy. Yes. What's going on with this system? Do you guys have any idea? Or are we just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring your poncho, bro. Yeah, bring I was gonna punch. say bring yeah. bring the rain gear. Hope you don't oh, have to man. use it. The, the latest forecast. We were actually just talking about this before the show, and we uh, we we said like we should talk about this on the show. So here here's yes. the bonus material uh, on the weather. Uh, that sports. Now let's go to the weather. Uh, the current forecast is for most of it to hit on Saturday, and for it to peter out overnight into Sunday morning, and it to be dry by the time the game starts. 
but I don't think that's with the storm hitting directly. If we get direct hit, you could be yes. getting, it, it could be a slog and uh, I'd be worried about all your electrical equipment on the sideline there Sunday. I'd be worried about um, Josh Allen throwing the ball and, you know, people running and Sam Howell throwing the ball. I mean, I, want, I like clean football, you know, guys, let's, yeah. get after let's have some clean football. That's what I like. So yeah, yeah right, no, I'll bring the poncho. I'll be ready for it. Yeah. They, they've been asking uh, Rivera all week. Is this a measuring stick game? And it's like, if, if we're measuring precipitation, that makes it a little <laughs> hard to measure the football. I mean, honestly, I would say I would, was going to say it's better than measuring snow. It's actually not. I would rather play in snow than that kind yeah. of rain. I don't know. Logan, you're actually the one who played. Snow or rain. You know what I mean? It's easier in snow, though. The ball stays dry. Like, everyone thinks, yeah. like, oh, like, the ball stays dry. The, the turf tends to be a little bit better. So, yeah. offensively, it's way better if it's snow. So Eric Wood says the same thing. Eric Wood says yeah. the same thing. He's our color analyst. You know, Eric. And he says, yeah. he goes, you know, it's actually, like, the ball, if they do their job, the referees, like, you don't really have an issue when it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's, it's, just... if it's monsooning, yeah, good luck. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just super cold and imagine catching a cold rock from josh allen isn't super fun all right uh that's al capaccio with the sports and the weather on take command